0: Good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome to yet another episode of Popping Off with Feel the Podcast. Happy Tuesday, co-host. How was your Christmas? How are your family? And then what's been going on? No, I'm playing. I'm playing. What's going on? I know it's been a couple of weeks. Um, I have missed you terribly, but your boy has been doing some big things, and I am happy to announce, to say that I am recording live from the office in my new home. That is right. Your boy, Phil Holly became a homeowner December fourteenth, 2020. Woohoo! Yeah! Ah, Crowd goes wild. No, uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited for a number of reasons, but I want to share something with you as I, I normally do as candidly as possible, that this journey did not just begin today. This is a journey some some nine, almost 10 years in the making. So, um, yeah, am I doing my math right? 2011, nine, 2019, yeah, ten, 10, years in the making. So anyway, um, we'll be 10 years in the making. Nonetheless, math aside, uh, some years ago, uh, I, I found out at the very last minute, the, the, literally the 11th hour, that there was this Beltline project going on. There was um, this program and they were offering like $40,000 in down payment assistance because they were trying to get people to buy on the Beltline. And this area was Reynolds Town. For those of you who are familiar with the Atlanta metropolitan area, Reynolds Town is kind of like I would say Glenwood Park, Grant Park adjacent. It is off of 20, um, the, like, Moreland-Bill Kennedy Way area. Um, right now, um, they've built a tremendous amount of things over there. Uh, there's a, a Habitat for Humanity and where there used to be a lot of space, um, they've built complexes and obviously Glenwood Park has gotten a facelift with the new AMC and um, some more living space and some more retail space and the publics There's a lot of a lot of stuff over there now that wasn't over there at the time. But um again I found out uh, out about it at the very last minute. It was like a raffle. So like the sooner that you got pre qualified with your lender, which was Bank of America that was at least the, the primary lender. So as you got qualified with them, depending on the date in which you did it, you got one, two or three tickets entered into the raffle. I only got one ticket because of when I found out, but it was literally one of those things where I just did it that day. I went in, I found out about it. I, I, I think somebody maybe told me about it. I don't really know how I found out about it. But I found out about it, went to the property, did the pre qualification, um, got my ticket and then it was like, okay, we have a couple of weeks until there was this big event where they were doing this big raffle and they had everybody at the property. And so the weeks leading up to that, I went through the process of going to property and literally walking every unit it was three floors and loft style two bedroom two bath really nice like a um really industrial looking in terms of like cement uh hardwood floors but like cement ceiling cement walls um and so i was really excited um i would have been one of my one of the first friends in my in my immediate friend circle to buy a home and so there was a lot of you know congratulations and a lot of excitement about the prospect i had talked to family i talked Friends. I talked to co-workers. I was super, super excited, um, especially after I my ticket was called in the raffle. I didn't necessarily get the unit that I wanted, but I got a nice unit. Um, and then it's, it, 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 it's kind of like slapping a horse on the ass. You kind of take off pretty quickly. You sit down with the attorney. You go through the paperwork. You're you pretty much under contract that day. So it's, it, it was really fast-tracked. And then you begin that process, the process of getting your package together to go through underwriting, you know, submitting all your documents, you get your appraisal done, you get your inspection done, and obviously with a lot of these things, it's, um, it's time sensitive because the seller is trying to close in a, in a very short period of time. And so I went through this whole process. I, I, was, I wasn't making a lot of money then. I remember petitioning to my, my supervisor at the time, to write a letter regarding overtime because although I had worked overtime before, I had not yet worked overtime in this year. And, you know, that was going to, you know, make a difference in my income and all of these things. And it fell flat and it fell flat because the lender in which I was working with, which is Bank of America, and I don't mind saying it because I I, I encourage people from my experience to avoid banks uh, as opposed to mortgage companies companies that specifically deal with this because i felt like the 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 cert sur- the treatment that i received the service that i received was poor um i ultimately ended up being denied because there was a discrepancy in income and they didn't think i was going to be able to afford it and they, you know the you know they didn't want to give me the loan perfectly fine but it was never really communicated to me. I remember saying before I started I say okay God if this works out then obviously Atlanta is where you want me to be I've been trying to leave at the time I was I I believe I was I was in grad school um, you know getting towards the end and trying to figure out you know what what I should do with my degree where it would take me and I was like you know if 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 this home is it then that means that that's your sign you are telling me that it is that I'm supposed to stay here I'm supposed to make Atlanta my so I was like, okay, well, whatever, however it goes. And again, it fell through and it was devastating. If anybody's ever been in a situation with something so significant like a home purchase or a car purchase or, you know, a job, um, uh, uh, entrance into a, a graduate program or some affinity, group, you know, the crushing blow that you receive when you realize that you're not going to get what it is you want. And, um, I didn't. I didn't really, at the time, I was just like, well, you know, hey, it ain't meant to be. I had a lot of a lot of friends who didn't have houses, so it wasn't a big deal, you know. It's just like, well, you know, hey, there's it, there's something else that'll come along, and it was kind of like the attitude that that that, that I maintained. But um, it I was it was just really frustrating that no one ever communicated to me. And the only regret that I have about that time frame is that there was a backup lender. And I remember having a conversation with like the marketing person for the seller and saying, well, you know, I got denied and, you know, just kind of trying to figure out what my options were. And I had another, I had met someone else who had been in a similar situation and, and he had decided to go ahead and go with it third because it was imperative to him that he got a home. And I, I remember talking to the marketing person and she was like, well, you know, um, if you're really looking to buy a home now there are other projects there are other things going on i feel like the person that's representing the other lender is a bit is a bit of an overpromiser, and you know there's a there's a likelihood that you can go through this whole process again and still not close. and i remember calling him initially getting his information and then based on her feedback because i had developed a relationship with her from going back and forth not keeping in my mind that you know she represents the seller you know i even though I feel like her intentions were pure, she just had a negative experience with that particular person. You know, what we learn over time is that all of our experiences are not, are not unique. You know, you could have a wonderful experience with someone and I can have a horrible experience with someone, you know what I'm saying? But ultimately, a third person could come and their experience could be right down the middle or it could be either or it could be a great experience or a bad experience and so you kind of have to vet things out for yourself um and I wish that I had my only regret is that I wish I had because even if it was a situation where I had gone through fifth third and I had been denied I would have walked away from that situation saying that I did everything in my power everything that I could have possibly done to see this through but because I never did that that has always been a regret that's haunted me So fast forward, didn't leave Atlanta, contemplated leaving Atlanta, was really serious about leaving Atlanta at one point in time, um, and other things happened in life that, on two occasions actually, not other things, other people (laughs) happened that prevented me from really pursuing going away from this place. And no regrets because it's part of life, it's part of the experience. I think that I am the well-rounded person that you're speaking to or hearing from today. I'm the person that's podcasting today because of every one of those singular experiences. So no regrets. Um, even though I talked about that being a regret, I really do I do regret that. But (laughs) no regrets about the choice to stay. You know, you live, you learn, and, and you move on. I still have a lot of life left. But anyway, um I spent some time with my aunt last year, but I think yeah last year and during the holiday season uh november specifically because she had had some corrective surgery on her ankle and needed somebody to kind of be there to uh you know take her to a doctor's one because she couldn't yet drive you know she was kind of confined to one floor of the house and so you know she just needed somebody to be around and I had the time, so it worked out perfectly. And we got an opportunity to talk a lot. And she talked a lot about home ownership and its importance. Now, fast forward or rewind. I had already been thinking about it because I'm like, I'm here. You know, I have friends who have recently purchased property and other friends who are looking to purchase more property and investment properties. And it was one of those things where I was like, OK, even if it's a situation where something happens and I leave, you know, I get a great job or whatever the case is it's better to have property and rent it out or whatever the case is as opposed to being in a lease situation. So I was like, let me go ahead and, and pursue that. But, you know, she had spoken heavily about it and, I, and, you know, the importance of being a homeowner, the importance of having your own shit. And, you know, from her vantage point, somebody who is, you know, at the end of her work cycle or, or nearing the end of her work cycle, closing on retirement and going into the next phase of life, she explained that she had, Colleagues and friends who found themselves 70 plus years old, homeless because they didn't own, and they weren't making the type of money they once made, and you know, just life kind of happened, and it's been it's been difficult for them. And so she said, you know, at least you'll have your home, you'll have a place to to lay your head, you'll have a place to rest. And so I mean, obviously that was kind of heavy on my heart, but you know, I had uh, looked at a home before we had this conversation earlier part of the year and it was like a town home and and keep in mind I'm a practical person and I oftentimes talk myself out of situations and I'm working on that and so it was a home it wasn't what I wanted um but it was in an area in which I wanted to live in it was a town home it was newly renovated um, and it was about 150,000 dollars and I remember seeing it and Reaching out to the person, really, really excited, cause I'm like, surely $150,000. And I remember having a conversation with like the lender or the loan officer, and kind of just he asked me a couple of quick questions. He was like, I could typically figure out, you know, what a person's actual situation is with just a few questions. And obviously, I have a lot of loan debt. And he was basically like, Yeah, you, I, you probably wouldn't qualify. So there's, there's no need to even, you know, you work on bringing down your debt, and then maybe we can talk a year from now. And again, crushed. And I I had those reflections of what I describe as PTSD. So when I started this process, I told my loan officer, I told my, um, uh, my real estate agent that I have PTSD involving this process because I've been excited and talked to people and told people about me buying a house. And then I got there and it didn't happen. And that crushed me. Um, because I'm a man of my word and you know everybody is like well Phil you got good credit and Phil you got this and so to be in that position where you don't actually close or don't even actually get to the closing table was devastating to me and it 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 brought about a lot of feelings and I think if I'm if I if I'm honest with myself and I look back over it like that PTSD just kind of had me shy away yes I, I look at homes all the time but I'd be like oh I can't afford this I'm not gonna be able to get a new build I'm not gonna be able to get a single family home I'm gonna have to sacrifice having Garage. I'm going to have to live far outside of the city. These are just all of the things kind of flooded my head about the choices that I was going to have to make. Um, but after having that conversation with my aunt, I said, you know what? It's a new year. Let me get a crack in. I I've heard a lot about the NACA program, which is a program that's designed for, it's, it's actually designed for people who typically wouldn't qualify um, for a traditional loan, be it at FHA or a... it looks really at a person's ability to pay and pay on time and not so much uh and not so much focus is put on their credit score you know credit worthiness is just um, evaluated in a very different way and there, there were tons of people at this particular event and I had heard about it I have a couple of friends who've purchased homes through NACA before um, and I was like, well, you know, this might be a good shot. Yeah, Yes, I have good credit, but I also have a really, really good payment history. So this might be the thing. What I found with the program, and there's nothing against the program and those who have used it, um, but it really is a counseling program. It really is geared towards helping people who can't qualify traditionally. And typically they can't qualify traditionally because they have bad, scre- bad credit or thing- blemishes on their credit scores and different so I went to the program and I was ex- excited about getting started. But the more I sat there, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is gonna take so much time." They're like, "You probably won't get a meeting with a counselor until April." Of course, this was January. um But you know, once you have your meeting, if you do all of these things, you know, things can be fast tracked. You know, you could close really quickly. And and so I was like, "Okay, well, what do I have to lose?" And then the pandemic hit and everything shut down. And I was talking to a high school classmate of mine who I ran into at this NACA meeting in January and she had had her initial meeting and we were in a different situation and she was like you know I know I have a lot of work to do and she was like but my next meeting my next meeting is in October and I was just thinking to myself like fuck like here it is April May you've had your first meeting they're doing it virtually now or with the phone because they're not doing it face to face and you're not going to get another meeting until October that's half the damn year and I was like you know what Phil let's see, maybe you do, maybe things are different, you know, I have been saving money, I have been working to pay things down, as a result of being at home during the pandemic, I wasn't spending nearly as much as I would have, I was trying to, I was trying to work out at home, I was trying to eat less, I was trying to eat out less, and I was really paranoid, obviously we couldn't go to restaurants, and I was really paranoid for a long period of time about eating at fast food restaurants, I was like, okay, I was cooking, or not eating, pretty much one or two, (laughs) um, and so I was like, well, why am I giving a shot? So, you know, I reached out to my really good friend, Andromeda. She gave me her realtor, who was a godsend. And I was trying to find a lender. The the realtor had a lender that actually didn't work out for me. But my, my best friend, John, who you guys of heard from before, gave me the lender that he used. And, and when I tell you things just happen the way that they're supposed to happen, when they're supposed to happen, how they're supposed to happen. That is truly, truly the story of this whole thing. It, 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 it's kids back. Um, and, and and really fate, the way that things kind of just fell into place. And so, you know, obviously I got pre approved um, I remember, remember having a conversation with both of the lenders like, hey, well, you know, I'm looking for about $200,000. That was my in my thought my mind my thought process like that's what i was looking for so i i was approved for that um and didn't realize until having a conversation with my realtor a little bit later she was like well is that the max that you were approved for and i was like i don't really know that's just kind of the conversation that we had and so i ended up being approved for a lot more than that um, needless to say which was great because trying to find a home for two hundred thousand dollars was a almost impossible in terms of the things that I wanted, in terms of the location that I wanted to be in. Um, and it was discouraging because there were things that became available. But as soon as they became available, because we're in the seller's market, they, they, they flew off. Like if I saw something on a, on a Monday morning and reached out to my realtor by noon, she would come back and be like that thing's under contract or, um, that has multiple contracts. Do so you want to put it in a bid? And I just wasn't interested really in being in a bidding war because I didn't really feel like I had capital and so we were like well you know you're probably gonna have to look at a single family home an older home i mean we kept dialing back years 15 plus years old and i was just it was it was it was crushing it was devastating and and so actually what ended up happening i had the conversation with my realtor and she was like yeah you need that's why i always say get the letter for the max i'm not saying we're gonna buy the max but you want to have that that flexibility because she had pretty much extended the budget as far as she possibly could because with new builds you have to consider HOA fees. You know, there's so many different things. Um, And so the unit I ended up settling on, the community that I I ultimately ended up putting under contract and and purchasing, um, I had come before. A friend of mine had sent me the complex and, or the the subdivision, and they had like two-story town homes that did not have garages. And so again, here I was, well, it's really nice. It doesn't have a garage compromise. My realtor was like, "No, you know, you should get what you want, and that means that you might have to make some adjustments. You might have to, out. you may have to look further. You may have to, but you you need to figure it out because this is what you want." And we looked at places, and I remember looking at a place the first day we went out, and really, really liking the space, and really, really excited about it, and thinking about putting it under contract. But because I was like, "Well, it's in the right area, and it's this, and it's that," and I'm so glad that I did because I would have not been happy. And every person that I spoke to, every friend who had purchased a home said, when you walk into the home that's meant for you, you'll know it, you'll feel it, you'll get it. And there'll be some places where you'll walk to them, you'll look at them on the outside and be like, this ain't it, you'll walk in, you'll you'll try to get a, you can't see it, you can't see the vision, it ain't it. And so they they could not have been more right. (laughs) So for anybody who's on that homeowner journey, trust and believe. You will know when it is right. Um, and, and trust that. Trust that instinct. Because everything else is... You talking yourself out of something. You believing in something you can't afford. Um, all of those other things. And ultimately, where I am today, where I am happy, where I am settling in. Because I'm not completely moved in yet. Um, it, is, it is all those things and so much more. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So... I had come to this property. I had looked around. I had looked at the two-story, two-story townhomes and had convinced myself that it was the right move, even though it didn't have all of the things that I wanted, mainly a garage. I walked over here to the three stories, and they had some that were completed and kind of ready. And I walked through each unit and decided on the on the floor plan that I enjoyed the most, uh, which is the one that I ultimately ended in, ended up in, and back and i I called my realtor because it's new construction it's actually in the city i am i'm not close to work which we're working from home so that's not a huge deal um but i'm like five minutes from the airport i'm like 15 20 minutes from downtown in terms of location it's perfect um and i was like i think i found it um but i don't know about these prices and so we had a conversation i had a conversation with the selling agent here and he was saying that there were going to be some homes available December, and they were a little cheaper. Um, I didn't move fast enough, but I still got a really good deal, and it kind of worked out because they had done some. The builder had decided to do some upgrades in the home that I probably would have wanted anyway. That were already kind of included in the price. And I don't know if that necessarily means that I got a better deal, or if it would have been more expensive if I would have waited. But nonetheless me waiting for a home to be constructed gave me an opportunity to have a little bit more autonomy in terms of design and select some things for myself which has been awesome um you know the fact that I got a chance to upgrade my bathroom the fact that I got an opportunity to upgrade the flooring the fact that I got an opportunity to upgrade the hardware throughout the house as well as the the plumbing fixtures those are none I wouldn't have had any of those options available to me um had I just bought what was available not to mention there was a specific floor that wasn't going to be available until December. And that's the one that I really wanted because it had features that I thought were better in terms of a walk-in, uh, not a walk well, a, a larger pantry as well as a, um, a washroom as opposed to a laundry closet. So those are some of the things that I, you know, I got because I waited, um, but it was right. We walked in and it was right. I felt it. My realtor felt it because she made me make a list. I made a what I call a trifold list of wants, have to haves, like to haves, and dream. And based on that list, I actually got a really good mixture of all three things. Believe it or not, I actually got some some of the things on that on the dream list. Um, it's it, it's just been a, it's been a wonderful experience. And when I think back on it. My, PT, my PTSD, my own personal anxiety made things a lot worse, but it really wasn't a bad process. Um, I think I engaged my lender in June. Maybe May. No, I engaged my lender in May. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not my lender, my real estate agent. I engaged my real estate agent in May. Um, by June both of the lenders that I was looking at had run credit checks and by July I signed my contract and then I was just waiting until December when the home was finished and so I signed the contract in July and then really from August, September, October there was no real communication between my lender and myself. Obviously there was communication between my realtor and and the property. I talked to my lender in November I needed to submit some additional documents we probably had two conversations about things that i need to submit and i had i heard nothing else from underwriting until i got my conditional approval and that was it it was a really smooth process so had this home or this particular unit been available in july um because of course they were moving ready i would have been in the house way before now so that's just the lesson of kind of how things work but um it, it, it's been a wonderful journey and I'm so happy that I'm here. I, like I said, I'm not completely moved in. My, the movers come tomorrow. So I have to go back to the apartment today and get some things finished. But I just want to say that at a time like this, in a year like the year we've had, uh, I am tremendously grateful and appreciative of being in this space today. 2020 has been rough on a lot of people and as a result of that there are many of us who have experienced some goodness some good things some goodness throughout this time and have found it some of us have found it a little difficult to to share and be open about those things as to not make others feel bad but I I really have to say that you know it's taken a while and I'm still getting to the place where I'm saying this is my house this is my home this is mine. Um, and it feels so goddamn good. Man, it feels so goddamn good. I can't, I can't express that enough. I can't stress that enough. And timing is everything. Um, today is December 29th and seven years ago, I took a trip, a last minute trip home to Detroit. Um, this nigga I was talking to one this is, this is how it happened. Um, but at the very last minute, like December 23rd he called me up and he said, Hey, have you decided whether or not you're going to go home or not? And I was like, no, not really. Um, I think I'm probably just going to stay here. And he said, why don't we rent a car and just drive? And I was, you know, smitten with this nigga. So, you know, it the, the opportunity with him driving, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, let's make it happen, so at the time, it wasn't even about what I really wanted, or my family at all, it was about spending time with this nigga, um, and so I was like, cool, let's let's do it, and so I remember putting my time in, and pretty much like the rest of that week, because I forget what day things fell on, but put my time in, you know, left work, we picked up the car, whole nine yards, all set, right, told my dad I was coming home. Didn't tell my mom because I was like, "Well, I'm gonna surprise her," you know. I normally spend—we got there on Christmas Eve. We we left Christmas Eve, got there on Christmas Eve. I normally spend Christmas Eve with my folks, and so um, and by my folks I mean my dad, my brothers, and um, my bonus mom. Um, so I normally spend Christmas Eve with them. We have Christmas Eve dinner, you know, whole nine yards. And so I was there Christmas Eve. Me and my brothers always play Monopoly. That's kind of like our little tradition. Dumb. I remember talking to my mom on the phone and being like yeah she's like well what are you gonna do I was like girl I don't really know you know I'm just you know I'm gonna make it do what it do I'm probably gonna hang out with some friends I may cook a little bit or whatever the case is you know really just trying to play this role that I'm halfway across the country when I'm really not so you know they, they were so I was so excited for Christmas day to like surprise her because she had no idea was coming home and I didn't have no money so I didn't have much of a gift other than myself so um that's what happened went over i surprised her and she was really really shocked um i spent the majority of christmas there with her um my aunts you know my cousins that side of the family i don't remember anything else that we did other than just kind of sit there and just kind of chill out which was really cool um mama had a pretty rough 2013 and 2012 um in terms of her health and uh There was so much going on, so much that I didn't know. You know, she had um, lost her job. Um, You know, there were times where she didn't have insurance. And because she didn't have insurance, she wasn't getting her medicine. And so she was having a lot of complications with her diabetes. And there there was so much that a young 27-year-old man just didn't know how to handle. Um, You know, I didn't didn't have a grasp on. I made some selfish choices during that time in terms of not rushing home because I was like, well, I don't really have it and and, and what good would it do for me to be there, you know? Um, it was just tough. And so to, for all of that to culminate in an opportunity for me to be home, and I had been home other times throughout that year, but it was just important for me to be home for Christmas. It, it ended up becoming more important. You know, obviously, that wasn't the, the initial goal. Up becoming a very important trip and here's why um we decided that we would hang out um the 28th which happens to be a couple of my cousin's birthdays but it was a saturday and we got together and i was like well what do you want to do Where do you want to eat because obviously it's a holiday and she's like i really just want to go to bread basket bread, bread basket is this uh sandwich shop but they're 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 known for their corned beef and pastrami and my mom would like corned beef and pastrami and so she's like that's really what i want and i was like well that's fine that's what we'll do so we went there and um we ate there not much of a like restaurant restaurant but you know we ate there we talked we laughed we got in the car we talked we laughed we cried and you know we had this whole plan kind of set out for what 2014 was going to look like for us um but to, you know to, to make sure that we take care of each other take care of ourselves um, we apologize for things that we had done or things that we had said both past and present it was a really good conversation and it left me feeling really, really great about what 2013 had had 2014 had for us um I left her that night went back to my dad's because Sunday I was getting calling me really frantic you know panicky about this headache and how bad her head was hurting and how she didn't get it to stop and I was like okay I don't really know what you want me to do what is it that you want to do about it you know I mean it is what it is I mean whatever it is we can do and she was like well I'm gonna try to drink a cup of coffee and uh hopefully that'll get the headache to subside but if it doesn't I'll call you back and I was like well if it doesn't definitely call me back and we'll go to emergency that's what we'll do I went on about you know I, I knew what was going on well I didn't know what was going on but I knew you know, I was like well maybe she's just you know I don't know what the, what the issue is but we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about it she'll call me back I kind of kept kind of doing what I was doing really not paying much attention I ended up getting another know what's going on um but I've gotten a couple of frantic calls um I'm gonna go pick up mom I'm probably gonna take her to emergency or whatever the case is so I, I went by the house my aunt and my cousin had just got back to the house and they I guess they had gone to the grocery store whatever the case is they were unloading the car emergency hadn't showed up yet and so they were just going to take her so when I pulled up I'll take her so I'm in Detroit it is December 29th it is you know after 5 o'clock, it's freezing outside. My mom literally runs out of the house, you know, coat wide, open, no hat on, sweating, getting cars. can't catch a breath, she can't catch a breath, she can't catch a breath. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, mom, I need you to, you know, let's go. You know, I zip up your coat, put in your seatbelt, something. You know, she's like, I can't, I can't catch a breath, can't catch a breath. So I'm literally like that soccer mom holding my hand out. So you know, if I need to slam on the brakes, we're trying to be as careful as possible. You know, she doesn't fling into the dashboard, and we get to the corner of the street. And she says, "Philip," and I say, "Yeah, mom." She's like, "I love you," and I was like, "I love you too." And we go off to the hospital, and of course, you pull up, and the emergency's there, and the, they rush outside and they put her in the put her in, you know get her in a wheelchair, and she's like, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe." She's like, "Please don't let me die, please don't let me die." That's what that's what I remember saying, and so, of course, I have to move the car, and then I have to come back around, and I go in, and she's in the, pretty much the ICU area, and um, she points to me, I walk past, and she said, that's my son, and so, you know, that, those are the last words that I heard my mother say, that's my son, and um, I went into the waiting room. call people like, you know, I'm at the hospital with mom, I don't really know what's going on, I'm going to, you know, say a couple of prayers, I call a friend and say, hey, I don't really know if we're going to be able to leave tonight, we're going to have to, we're probably going to have to postpone this trip because I'm in an emergency, it's like, okay, cool, whatever the case is, what's going on, so I tell people pretty much what I know, I'm just kind of waiting around, waiting for something, I end up having this lovely conversation with this, this woman who was there with her husband, and through our conversation, realized that her, her husband and my mom have been having similar complications in terms of Shortness of breath and issues with their lungs and and having to you know be ventilated and different things like that. So you know just 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 having a very casual conversation with her and you know her offering encouraging encouraging words and and me vice versa because I really don't know what to expect. Um, my phone was getting ready to die. I called my dad and I said, Hey, is it possible you can bring my charger? I mean, I could go sit in the car, but I don't want to miss the doctor. I'm kind of waiting to figure out what's going on and he's like okay I'll, I'll run it up there um, I ended up going back to the nurse and was like I think I'm gonna go step I'm gonna go sit in the car for a minute um, but I you know have you heard anything about my mom and and she was I guess maybe she asked me the name or whatever the case was because the waiting room was just on the other, other side of ICU the other side of the double doors and she was like um, well if you could just wait for doctor he'll be out you know he should be out to speak to you in a minute and I was like yeah but I mean it's been a minute you know blah blah, blah. and she was like if you could just wait on the doctor I'll, I'll make sure that he comes and sees you and it just didn't it didn't feel right because just taking too much time and it just hurt her continence, in my opinion from what I remember it just changed and it was like you know she was not in the position to give me any news but she knew something, something that I didn't know. So I went and I sat in the room. By this time, nobody's in there but me. Dr. Nurse comes in they closed the door. This is obviously not good news, um, but definitely not news I was expecting. Uh, and they come in and he starts talking like, sobbing in that mode, but I'm also, like, you gotta put yourself together, because you have a lot of calls to make, <laughs> you know, that's my thought process, um, by this time my dad showed up, and I kind of collapsed into his arms, um, I believe that the doctor probably explained to him what was going on, I called a couple of people, like my best friend, trying to figure out a way to tell my aunt um, who's like my mom's best friend or at least i will say my 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 mom was my aunt's best friend obviously my mom had other friends but just trying to figure out how i'm gonna break this news to her and my aunt my other aunt and my uncle and my cousins (laughs) like how am i gonna get through this and um that's immediately mother to a person who was having to console and pull a family together that was that's the sh- that's the switch um i tell you that story today because today is the 29th and it's the anniversary of her passing and for the last several years this season has been increasingly more difficult for me and it's not necessarily something that I let on or something that I talk about. I just disengage. I am not much of a crier. Um, I've never been much of a crier. Um, I process emotions very, very cerebral. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the end of the day, do I miss my mom? I miss her terribly. But I've said this before that, Death offered my mother a peace that life no longer could afford her. And, um... Though that's difficult... uh, It is. It just is. It's not even an is-what-it-is situation, because that's almost kind of dismissive. It just is. That's the reality. Um... And, uh... And so this season is very tough on many of us for various different reasons, you know if if I flash back um, my grandfather um, who I get my name from or at least the holly part of my name my dad's dad, died in October um, you know, right before this holiday season begins, um, his wife, my grandmother uh, my dad's mom died December 19th which happens to be my Um, bonus mom's birthday Um, and literally six days before Christmas when I was nine or eight I should say eight Um, my mom's mom died in January um, of my 11th grade year and then my mom passed away four days after Christmas so this season holds very different emotions for me and though I've tried Giving is one of my favorite holidays. Always has been. Um, I, you know, I, I try not to, I just, my attitude about Christmas is just getting through it. You know? Um, and as a kid, I wasn't necessarily like that. Like, I remember being excited about putting up Christmas trees and, you know, putting up garland and lights. I was excited about all of those things. You know, my grandfather's whole thing was like, you know, after, especially after my grandmother passed, if you want to put up a tree, you put up a tree, you know, you put up a tree, you know, that type of deal. Um, and I remember being at my family house and they not being very interested. We had a really big tree. And it was like, well, we don't really feel like putting up the tree. And so me and my cousin would put up the tree. And then, uh, you know, a lot of that over the years has just changed. It's just shifted. But I made a decision this year to, to take that back. And the timing of things couldn't be perfect because I closed on my house in December. And I get to sit here today for my podcast, in my office, looking at my mother's beautiful bird, it has a place now, and honoring her life and her memory and her time together, and I really get an opportunity to say, hey mom, hey grandpa, hey grandma, look where we are, you know, all of the love and all of the sacrifices that you made have culminated in this moment. So, I now have a new way of looking at this season. A new way of looking at Christmas. Because I woke up Christmas morning in my house, in my home. And none of that would be possible without those people. And their sacrifices, and their gifts, and their prayers while they were living. And, not to sound cliche, but their their stewardship and their... To any of my listeners out there who also has a difficult time during this season, you know, obviously I have a lot to be grateful for, and that has given me an opportunity to repurpose this time. Um, But I I just want to offer some encouragement to those of us um, who find this time difficult, coupled with the insaneness that has been 2020 and the last several years. Um, to, to try to find some hope, some reason to, to have some joy during the season, you know, um, whether it is the opportunity to spend time with your family or to see your children's faces, um, you know, time to be off work, to relax, ready, release, whatever it is, um, you know, being connected with other people and, and talking these things out and talking to all of that stuff makes a difference. It makes a, a tremendous difference, um, and I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm in a, in, in a space um, where I can share this with you guys, and um, and just really just stand in gratefulness. And that's really all that I wanted to say today. Um, so, though again, I miss my mom terribly. Today is not about being sad. It really is about. Every contribution that she's made to my life, every sacrifice that she made, and to literally see the physical fruits of her labor, not just in her child being a functioning adult, but him having a home, you know? Most people would say, well, don't you wish, you know, wouldn't it be better if she was here? And absolutely, absolutely, to actually experience this, to come and visit, to to give me ideas of what she thinks about decorating would be great you know that would be awesome but i don't want to forsake the fact that she is here she lives in me and through me um and uh we are sharing this just in a more of a transcendent type of way (laughs) if you will anyway i don't want to hold you guys long I've already held you long <laughs> this is a long one today um but I love you um and I hope that you have been able to find small glimmers of joy you know I don't expect you to you know break out the the six foot uh, frosty the snowman and reindeer you know next year or even this year or, you know put up lights or whatever the case is but just finding a reason to chosen family, um, with a loved one, with a lover, whatever the case is, you know. Um, I just pray and hope that uh my transparency, that my story has helped someone. And uh until next time.